You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, alongside Kyle Posey from Niners Nation, Justice Mosqueda from Acne Packing Company, and Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride behind the glass. Happy Wednesday, KP. Eight in a row for our Niners. Life is good. Yeah, man. Not much to complain about for us. Um, and I'm off I'm with three straight, too. Our Lord. fellow co-host has a little winning streak of himself, right? That's and true. I'm, and happy you're back this four. week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm well. excited about that. I'm counting four in a row now that Derek oh, yeah. Carr's bench that Devontae has to deal with Jared Stidham. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that. Uh, before we do, I just want to remind everybody that we're brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Also, please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. If you haven't done so already, please, please do so. Leave us a rating. We'll read it on the show. We have a big show today. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Debbie Emery, our associate director of NFL community, sat down with Rob Gronkowski. So we're going to get to that interview. But before we do... We hinted at it, so let's just get to the breaking news. Derek Carr done as the Raiders starter for the rest of the season. Jared Stidham in, and most likely, Justice, we'll start with you. Derek Carr done as a Las Vegas Raider? Has to be, once you make those financial decisions, right? I mean, think of if you're in Derek Carr's shoes. Like, is there any coming back from that? There was the whole rift of him and Gruden, too, and all the speculation on is Gruden going to move off of him? Just seemed like, you know, with this year, it makes it easy for a clean break. Um, I didn't think Jarrett Stidham was going to be the guy that kind of pushed him out the door. But <laughs> it'll be interesting. Like, there's not really – I mean, what are they going to do? Make a push for Lamar? Lamar's going to get tagged. Are they going to make a push for Brady? Like, what options do the Raiders even really have? Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. <laughs> he's, he's not gone. Good said that they they gave him that contract. It's it's more than a one year investment. So, no. Nah. Aaron Aaron and Jordan Love are are both tied to Green Bay. I'm sorry, the handcuffs are on them. Speaking of uh, contracts, just so everybody knows, uh, Derek Carr's salary of 33 million next year and seven and a half million in 2024 become guaranteed if he gets hurt. So that is obviously the driving force here as to why they would bench him. I mean, he went from KP living literally next door to the Raiders head coach in John Gruden to now getting benched for Jared Stidham. And now I don't know what the future holds for Derek Carr. Derek Carr was benched for a quarterback that's never started a game. That's, I want to say, also been benched somehow without starting a game. So congrats, Derek. (laughs) Congrats on your future in the NFL. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I don't know what's going to happen with the Raiders. It seems like... McDaniel's playing a little scapegoat here, right? Um, nothing's ever his fault, it seems. I read that they are a little too cash poor to fire Josh McDaniels, which makes a ton of sense. Um, hiring him in the first place was likely a mistake. Like, who could have ever guessed that he would have not been able to lead or steer the Raiders in the right direction after what he did in his previous stint as a Broncos head coach? It just seems like, um, I mean, this can go on a tangent of just the retreads in the NFL and why. Uh, the owners and the, the decision makers and powers that be need to start thinking outside of the box and leaning into the creative minds as opposed to names that they're just familiar with. But just think about the direction of the Raiders. Uh, uh, fast forward, what, 10 months ago, saw, acquired Devonta Adams, uh, go out and sign Chandler Jones, two prominent players at their position. And look at where they are right now. It just couldn't be a more disappointing season. But are we really surprised um, 
like when you were looking at this offseason and, and going through the NFC West, because remember, or sorry, the uh, AFC West, this was supposed to be the most dominant division ever. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to do what he usually does, which is true. Justin Herbert was going to put the charges over the top for the first time, which did happen. And then the Broncos and now the Raiders, like just two wildly disappointing teams. I mean, not, we don't have to say I told you so, but I imagine if you listen to a podcast from us this summer, kind of projected this, right? Kind of predicted this would happen. I, I feel like we both sold stock on the Broncos. The one question I have coming out of this and, you know, Cliff just got an extension. We're seeing that, you know, that's not going great in Arizona. Hackett just got signed and got fired in a single season. People are talking about, you know, they're talking about the financials of the Raiders in the context of Josh McDaniels being bought out after one year. Are we, is this just the new normal in the NFL now? Like, can you get canned after a year? I thought it was, I felt like it used to be like three years and then it moved to like, if you're bad enough, you can get canned in two. And now it seems like you could just completely like, if you lose the locker room, that's just it now. Well, the funny thing, too, is one, they just had a source, uh, a report from the league meetings, the most recent league meetings, and the NFL gave a presentation about how like teams have spent $80 million on dead money for coaches recently. It's like, well, I guess that didn't really sink in because it seems like, like we talked about it, we'll get into it a little later, Hackett's out in Denver, Cliff Kingsbury maybe out in Arizona after just signing a brand new deal. Like, I'm, look, when you're a billionaire, you don't really have to care about this stuff, also, I guess. Eighty million dollars is a Christian Kirk contract now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what a statement! An accurate one too. That's nuts. Right. Um, honestly, do they deserve a second chance? Right? Like, if you're going into year two and you haven't seen the change that you'd like to in your franchise, and I mean, there's no real positive direction. Why do they deserve a second chance? What What has Josh McDaniels done? To deserve are you, so are you gonna fire some of these GMs then? I guess that's my only thing. Is I'm these, not these GMs aren't getting fired. Chris Ballard, feet up in, in Indianapolis right now. Just like I mean, time think about uh, time in Arizona. Think about I mean, we're just we're going down the list of these names. The Panthers freaking GM. Like, how is he still around? What has he done? Like, I feel like you can do this with a few teams. I mean, yes, they're not producing the results or not getting also, the results even that they would have had in Denver, like. The, yeah. the owner announced yesterday, he's like, Yikes. the head coach is going to report to me. And it's like, why mistake. is he still around? Why, right? why aren't we canning some of these GMs? It's always the coaches. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. We're going to move on to more relevant matters in the NFL. We're going to be joined by, or we're going to hear a conversation, I should say, from Debbie Emery and Rob Gronkowski. Without further ado, Gronk. Super busy season. Um, you got tons going on with the holidays. I mean, we always got to at least get one interview in every once in a while. I know. It's been like six months. Um, yeah, first off, hey, I, I want to talk to you about your little stint as a Christmas elf. Yeah, it's a Christmas elf. How did that come around with Nickelodeon? Yeah, so Nickelodeon hit me up because obviously I worked with him a few times. I hosted the Nickelodeon uh, Kids' Choice Awards this year as well. And um, they liked what they saw with the host and everything. So then now they host a football game every year on Christmas Day on, uh, on Nickelodeon. It's, um, it's on a previous channel as well. It's on like Fox or CBS. CBS. <laughs> the game, yes, yeah, on CBS. And also the game is showing on Nickelodeon at the same time. And they have all those special animated effects with the slime going all over the place when they score a touchdown. Um, all that cool, you know, visual effects that the kids love. So they hit me up and asked if I could do a little sequel with them and uh, and do a little, you know, a little shoot on the green screen, which took about 45 minutes. And it was just describing, you know, the game a little bit, describing the game of football. Also, you know, describing what each penalty means uh, and just doing it in an easy introduction. And uh, when we did it, it was on a green screen. I was in an elf costume. They brought it over to my house. And Alf costume that fit me perfectly. I was pumped about it. You know, I love dressing up for them. It definitely plays the part when you're when you're doing things with Nickelodeon as well, uh, because it's for the kids and kids love to see people dressed up, you know, as a character. And then I just got, you know, was on the green screen just reading out the lines, just explaining what a flag was and uh, explaining what each penalty meant and everything. And they did it in a silly way and it just looked very, very well. And they always do, you know, an A-plus job in Nickelodeon. Where did they find an elf costume to fit someone who's six foot six? 
Uh, you know, that's what I'm still wondering. That's why I was super pumped up. I was super happy when they brought it to me. Um, when I when I arrived to the shoot and they had this elf costume because it worked out so perfectly because the next day I was actually going to go buy a Santa costume outfit because I knew I was going to the I knew I was going to the Children's Hospital in Springfield, Massachusetts at the Shriners Hospital. So I was going to go buy a costume the next day, uh, a Santa costume. But the Nickelodeon, I showed up to the shoot, and I didn't even know they had the ALF costume, ALF outfit waiting for me, and it fit perfectly. So then, therefore, I canceled getting the Santa costume, and it just saved me a lot of time, a lot of hassle, I'm sure, but finding a, child, a Santa costume. Uh, would have been a difficult situation so it just worked out very well and i got to use it for the nickelodeon and then i also got to use it and wear it when i visited the children's hospital um, up in springfield i saw the videos of you from the children's hospital it was amazing you guys always do that every year like making kids holidays like so special what was the best thing about um surprising them this year yes that it was just one of the best visits i've ever had to a children's hospital uh, the way that Springfield Shriners Hospital they set it up to where I was just hanging out in the playroom and they brought one kid down one by one and I got to spend about you know 15 to 20 minutes with with each kid and I got to visit eight different kids and uh, they were just so enthusiastic they were so excited they brought so much joy to the table you know I got to spend some quality time with them um, I got to do an activity with every kid I got to meet their parents or, or their friend or their brother or sister whoever they were with, um, and also I went out there and I bought some gifts for them. I got, got two pairs of shoes for everyone, um, an ice shaker, obviously, a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. <laughs> the ice shaker was one of the coolest ice shakers of all time, too, because Chris specialized them for the holidays, and they had snowflakes all over it. Oh, that's so really that was cute. It was, yeah, it was really cute. So everything just went so well together. The families, the kids had such a good time. I had a great time because I love doing activities. So I have to be shooting Papa Shot, the basketball, we were playing soccer, you know, air hockey, all the good stuff. It, it was a blast. That's brilliant, especially for kids that can't get home over Christmas. Yes, um, exactly. Now heading into the playoffs, who do you think is the best tight end in the league now that you're not playing? Oh, I mean, obviously it's Travis Kelce. I mean, the guy's putting up numbers that are just spectacular year in and year out and, and game every single game, game in and game out. So... Um, he's a special talent, and just what's so impressive about him is how he just how he just manages to get better every single year. Is there any like team you're like super, you're really surprised about this year? Like I feel like this season has just been full of upheavals. Yeah, it, it's up and down. It's like that every single year. That's what's so great about football is you just don't know who's going to win every single week. I mean, every game's up for grabs, and uh, you just don't know what team's going to be not so good, and you just don't know really know what team is that is going to be that great and there's always a surprise team that's supposed to be really terrible and they're doing excellent and there's always a team that's supposed to be really really good and they're just doing absolutely terrible so there's always surprises about the NFL what's so great about the game is that it's just such an even sport you know it's it's level on all playing fields for every team there's a salary cap every team you know gets gets a draft pick depending on you know, where they're slotted depending on their records. So it's just so fair. It's just fair play in the NFL, and that's why you just see, you know, you, and that's what makes the game so great, and that's why you just don't know who's going to win on any given Sunday. So What's and the- one team that surprised me, though, is uh, especially with their quarterback, their rookie quarterback is the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, with, with that Black Purdy guy who was the last pick of the NFL draft this year, it's just pretty impressive how he has stepped in. And just, you know, and just leading them to uh, victories every week. I mean, yeah, could you even imagine that Mr. Irrelevant could be, like, heading to the Super Bowl? It it would be one of the most wildest stories, um, definitely, of all times, especially for Mr. Uh, Irrelevant. And it's just so irrelevant that he was irrelevant and now he's (laughs) so relevant. (laughs) (laughs) Try saying that five times fast. Do you think he can do it? He's got a really good team around him, got a great defense, the number one in the league. So um, if he just manages the game and just, you know, just doesn't make mistakes, I think, you know, they can definitely have a very good chance of making it all the way. I bumped into your old boss a few weeks ago, Mr. Kraft, and he was saying, yes. he was saying great things about you. I actually bumped into him in Beverly Hills and he said he'd never seen Rob Gronkowski have a bad day. 
He's wow. still a big fan. He just wasn't around. He wasn't around every single day then. <laughs> I, I miss Mr. I miss Mr. Crafty. Um, he did a great. He does a great job over there with the Patriots. He's so involved with the team. You know, sometimes the owners aren't even around, but he's so involved. Um, I mean, he's definitely has shown me the way on you know giving back to the community. That's one great thing he does is he gives back to the community. He's very charitable, and uh, it has definitely worn off onto me. You know, to give back uh, whenever you possibly can, whenever you have the chance to do it, especially during the holidays. I know this has been asked to death, but do you think Tom's going to come back next year? There's even rumors that yeah, he might yeah. even go back to the Patriots, which seems unlikely. You know, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, that's getting a little crazy for sure. I mean, there's rumors always going around. I mean, they're just saying he's going to the Niners back home and he's going back to the Patriots. Uh, he may stay with the Tampa Bay Bar. So, you know, everyone's just hitting you know, every possible situation. So someone can finally say they're right at the end of it. <laughs> but, uh, but just overall, I think he think he can definitely play if he wants to, you know. You don't really see, you know, um, him falling off at all. I mean, he's leading the league in passing yards, but he's top five in passing yards. So that's just incredible. Just at age 45, the zip on his ball is still there. It's still, you know, very powerful. Um, he's reaching his targets with every single throw. So you see no fall off at all. So, and I don't expect the fall off uh, at all. And uh, I can see him going to age 50 if, if he wanted to. That's up to him. But I also do, definitely, I see him playing next year. Nice. I, I think 50 is a really good goal. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good goal. I mean, I mean, he hasn't defied any expectations yet. I think he needs to go to 50 years old. Um, do you think Belichick's getting more um, grief and heat than he should do? Uh, I mean, he's always doing a great job. I mean, definitely one of the best coaches of all time, if not the best coach of all time. Um, but, I mean, you got to win in this league. It's either you eventually win or, or you're going to get canned. And that's the same with the player. If you're not doing well, if you're not producing, you're going to get canned. So that's how the NFL works. So it's either win um uh, eventually win, you know, or prove that you're you're on the way to winning again, or else you're going to get booted. So I think he's, I think he's pretty stable for a little bit longer, though, for sure. Now we've got the Super Bowl coming in Arizona, which the last time the Super Bowl was there, you guys won. Um, do you have any hot predictions for who's going to be there this year? Yeah, I'm going to go with my hometown, Buffalo Bills, because I'm from Buffalo, you know, and I'm not playing anymore, so I can be a slight, <laughs> slightly a Bills fan once again. And then I'll go with uh, who I was talking about before, the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, their defense is just unreal. They're number one in basically every single category. So, And they got that Bosa guy coming off the edge who's just getting to the quarterback and just demolishing them. Well, thanks so much, Rob. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. And I know you've got yeah, a flight no to catch, problem, too. Everybody. Thank you. You better be flying somewhere Thank warm. You. I will, I will be. I just got to Florida. I'm going somewhere even warmer than Florida. So oh, nice. Days, so I'm, I'm ready for it. Thanks again to Debbie and Gronk for letting us hear that conversation. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll run the gauntlet and get to the bottom of the big question of the week. Which current non-playoff team would be the most interesting if they got in? As they win the gridiron gauntlet. Okay, Smarty, what's a gauntlet? Truly don't even know what a gauntlet is. The gauntlet has been laid. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show. Before we get into the gauntlet, we mentioned it previously, so we'll, we'll talk about it quickly here. Denver Broncos make a coaching change. We haven't done a pod since this happened. Nathaniel Hackett is out after less than one full season. And I don't know what to think about this because essentially they're kind of saying like Nathaniel Hackett, it's all your fault. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson justice looks like a shell of himself. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers yesterday, he was on McAfee and he's close with Hackett. Um, You know, all those articles that came out last year leading up to him getting some of these head coaching uh, opportunities and stuff like that. You know, they're super close and he was like, you know, there's a lot of reasons why that thing went wrong and maybe I'll touch on it some other time. So Rodgers must know something that, you know, Hackett's not super happy about. I mean, it's just an unfortunate situation, man. Like, just didn't work out. They got all those national games early on in the season. Everyone could tell that it's not working out. The one thing that I do find interesting coming out of it 
is uh, Evero didn't end up getting canned, right? I mean, they did make coordinator. Yeah, they did make some changes, and Evero was a guy that I think a lot of people. I mean, I'm speaking as a Packers fan right now. Had him circled as like a potential DC hire elsewhere, you know, if they did end up cleaning house. But maybe they do the thing that you know Green Bay did in that transition between McCarthy and uh, Lafleur, where you know they just keep Mike Pettin under. They kept him under contract as the defensive coordinator and said, you know, you're probably would have been the same caliber guy that we would have hired anyway. Let's not buy you out and then give another guy a contract just to tread water. So maybe Evero sticks. And I think that might have some ripple effects, you know, in the NFL when we're looking at guys like Jim Leonard and stuff like that, potentially getting DC roles in the league. All right, let's get to the gauntlet. This is what we do with the gauntlet. We come up with candidates based on a theme of the week, and we pit those candidates against each other until only one remains. Today's question is which current non-playoff team would be the most interesting if they got in? KP, we'll start with you. The Tennessee Titans or the New England Patriots? <laughs> See what uh, I did there? So you have Belichick, and then you have the better version of Belichick, huh? So I'm trying to think of a scenario that I'd want to watch either team in the playoffs, right? <laughs> and what would that be? Just a Derrick Henry going up against, like, the Chargers again or, like, the Dolphins the Dolphins, or um, – a Chiefs team that can't stop the run, like that would be the only scenario that would involve the Titans, right? Where Derrick Henry just has a bonkers day where he rushes for like 250 yards. Like, is that really exciting though? Is that going to move the needle? On also, the other is that going to happen? Are you going to be able also, to give him enough handoffs to, to do that in the playoffs? So the other side, what have we seen from this Patriots offense to think that they are going to be able to compete, right? Like they had their chances against the Bengals, but I'm not sure how, locked in the Bengals were it just felt like an obvious letdown spot for the Pats and they still couldn't take advantage um, because they haven't been able to do so all year um aside from completing a a wild Hail Mary I'm going to go out and say that the Patriot the Patriots offense um they're not going to be up to par against any um playoff defense so I feel like by default process of elimination it has to be the Titans but I'm not confident in that right like Justice where, where are you going with this I'm taking New England, and my entire angle is just we get another week of Mac Jones yelling at at uh, Matt Patricia. <laughs> that's that's I mean that's all I'm doing during Patriots games now. I'm just like looking for those clips. It's not like the actual football at this point. I do have breaking news. Oh. Field Yates said the Broncos interim head coach Jerry Roseberg declared that Russell Wilson will remain the starting quarterback in Denver. Breaking news! Wow. <laughs> The guy they just gave this a zillion a dollars to. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know this was a. This is why I'm like I feel, I feel like I've lost reality with the NFL now, where like these things come into question a year into it, and it's like, dude, you can't get out of the Russell Wilson deal three years <laughs> anytime from now. soon. Yeah. <laughs> three years from now, like, but he will start two meaningless started. games at the end of the year. All uh, right, so real quick on the Patriots, I will say they need to put Marcus Jones on offense, like. You have no real legitimate <laughs> skill players. Just put Marcus Jones on offense, and then I would have picked you, but they, they are unaware of the talent on their team. So I'm going <laughs> Titans. Steven Serta, we need your services. You are the judge in this case, so it falls to you to pick the winner of the opening round in this gauntlet. Who would be the more interesting playoff team if they got in, the Titans or the Patriots? Neither of these teams is interesting. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so that 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 that's already uh, a hard thing to push. Um, but I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans here wow. solely because I'd much rather just watch Derrick Henry in a playoff game and hopefully he breaks off a couple of long runs because the Patriots offensively are – not as hard to watch as the Denver Broncos, but they're not that far behind watching the Denver Broncos. <laughs> so I'd much rather watch Derrick Henry in a playoff game than Mac Jones in this Patriots offense. Congratulations, Tennessee Titans. I guess yeah. you move on for the right to get eliminated by the next team, Justice, because it's who's more interesting, Titans or Dolphins? Ooh, oh, Wait, maybe man. without Tua, though. Yeah, we don't I know. Mean, what a question this week. Right. Um, now, now it's been confirmed that that uh, he has he did have a concussion on Sunday. Who 
I guess I'm I'm gonna go Miami. Actually, I gave it like five seconds of thought, and even if Tua isn't out there, those wide receivers are are enough. That's enough speed to keep me interested. I want one final point on this Tennessee Titans team because this might be the last time we talk about them on this episode. <laughs> it will. So, Mike Vrabel got coach of the year last year, right? And the whole thing was like he played. 90 different guys on, on, on the 53-man roster. I just saw a graphic today, and it's like they're so far ahead in terms of guys played over the last two years. And it wasn't just because of last season. They're also injured this season. What if they just can't keep their guys healthy? What if he's just like – I mean, he's kind of knuckle-dragger old-school ball coach, right? So, like, what if, what if we just gave him coach of the year because he can't keep his guys healthy and he's not doing any of this, like – you know, load management stuff that all the other teams in the NFL are doing right now. I still feel like he's a fraudulent coach of the year. I know KP called him a better version of Bill Belichick, which I can't believe that, but it doesn't make sense. He's a really good coach. He's a very good coach, man. I mean, I I feel like he's a very good situational coach, but yeah, I I was just going to say, I feel like he does a really good job of just pressing the right buttons. Yeah. I mean, what, look at his quarterback, man. What is he supposed (laughs) to do with that offense? Again, if we're adding another guy to a list of yeah, there we go. Now we're talking. What what happens with the general managers? Why aren't these general managers getting canned? Um, it has to be Miami, right? So think about the potential revenge game for Tyreek Hill in the first round against the Chiefs. Like he might go for three hundred in that game. Um, the Dolphins against anybody will probably score a ton of points despite their issues at quarterback. And I know that they've fell off over the past couple of weeks here, but is that because of the offense or is that because the quarterback's missing throws? Um, I, they do have to have um, like Bradley Chubb healthy to be competitive, but I think that their style of play defensively will make any game interesting just because they run so much man coverage and there's going to be somebody open no matter what, just how they play. And then going back to the other side of the ball, their speed is unlike any other team. And, when people think of receivers in the NFL, like you're going to think of Tyreek Hill, but you're not really thinking of Jalen Waddle in the same lens as some of the top 10 guys. And he is very much in that conversation. If not Jair, after closer. the game last week was thinking about Waddle. He's doing the Waddle oh, to the fans <laughs> into the tunnel. That uh, Waddle is incredible, incredible to me. Like he's, he's as good as it gets. So I think just those two alone. And then you obviously have the speed of Raheem Mostert and, any game that two is involved in gets people talking. So that alone would be, uh, it makes it easy for me to pick. He's, he's the hot button. Yes. He is the hot button on so, so many subjects now. We'll see if he is, if he even comes back. I mean, Mike McDaniel's comments today were essentially that the, the medical professionals have urged him and the team to just sort of live in the moment that you're in basically to take care of yourself now He's probably, well, I don't want to speculate. He's had multiple concussions this year. I don't know how many, but it certainly seems like it's possible more than have been officially diagnosed. I'll just yeah. put it that way. Like three, two with an asterisk. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's an asterisk next to whatever number the league is going to put there. That's for sure. All right, KP, which current non-playoff team would be more interesting if they got in? The Dolphins or the Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks? Oh, man. If... I think it's the Dolphins. I mean, Seattle, it seems like for them to, excuse me, in recent weeks, be competitive, a lot has to go right for them. And if they don't have Tyler Lockett, I mean, this is a no-brainer because without him, they really struggled against a Chiefs team that has pretty much laid out the red carpet for you to score points against them. And for them to struggle against that defense, I thought was pretty telling. And I mean, it tells you the impact that Tyler Lockett has, but I think it just still comes back to the Dolphins, just their firepower and their ability to score points in a hurry. Whereas I, I don't think Gino's playing poorly, but I think his supporting cast isn't the same. And obviously that goes without saying not having Lockett, but their their defense is just not any good. And that doesn't mean the Dolphins defense is good, but Seattle's is somehow worse. And that is pretty telling. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Miami here. I think the Gino narrative is more fun for me. I know we just came off of saying – Two is the hot button, right? But like, I don't know if Gino. I think Gino's capable of winning maybe one or two playoff games, right? Who? Who is he beating? I'm not disagreeing. Oh, I'm just I saying, mean, like, who? 
The Vikings uh, goes without saying. Yeah, like, Vikings. I mean, Brock Purdy is going to be starting uh, a playoff he's, game. Uh, oh, hold on. But Gino's got Gino hasn't done a right. damn thing in two games against the 49ers. Like, <laughs> let's just, not pretend those didn't happen. Lightning strike thrice. Who, who knows? Who knows? It's not uh, lightning. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> look. I'm just saying. I'm not scared of Brock Purdy. I'm just saying. I, I did. I didn't think he would there. list the 49ers second. Um, when I lobbed that question out, <laughs> right? I've seen, like, G- I've seen many offenses go against that defense, and uh, there's not a lot of success to be had. I I know. All right, this is this is my point. If Gino wins like a playoff game or even two playoff games, right? They're sitting in the contract year. Are you going to give that guy thirty plus million dollars per year? Maybe thirty six, so. somewhere around that range. Like, they're also going to be a team that has you know a pick. What I think right now it's like third in the draft right now, right? It's behind Houston and it's definitely Chicago. top five, right? Or top ten. Definitely. Yeah, I mean 10. they're they're potentially in a spot where they could take a Stroud, a, a Levis, uh a Bryce Young, one of these top quarterbacks. So like you're not even just changing the free agency market, but you're also changing the draft market. And I know you know we're talking about the dolphins living in the moment. I know I know I'm not doing that when we're talking about this this thing, but like if we're talking about the the next offseason, like the Seahawks and Geno specifically winning a couple games, I think would be pretty exciting. So you're taking the Seahawks just for that angle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. These are very right. good teams. So I, I get <laughs> very fair. fascinated with very uh, small details. Steven Serta, we need your help once again. Non-playoff team that would be interesting if they got in. Seahawks or Dolphins? Thank the argument that Justice just laid out for the Seahawks is making me pick the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a KP week. Just say it. It's all right. It, it's just, man, I, I, I watched every snap of that game against the Chiefs and the Seahawks, Gino was a fun storyline, but I, I mean, come on, under no circumstance should they consider giving Gino, even if it's a one-year $30 million deal or something. Like, I just don't think you can give that to Gino Smith. And Do it, Raiders. They should definitely <laughs> – the Seahawks should definitely take a quarterback. I mean, but what if the Jets do it? It's oh. – <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be interesting. There's that, some I desperation out there for quarterbacks right now. It's it, – the argument, though, does come down to the Miami Dolphins and having Tua versus Teddy Bridgewater. And if they do have Tua, they're still an exciting offensive team that I would like to see in the playoffs. And if they do have Tua, even as bad as their defense is, I think a game between the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs would be a really exciting playoff game. And it would make me nervous enough just knowing <laughs> how devastating and dangerous Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can be with Tua. And we know who Teddy is like Teddy isn't going to move the needle. He's not going to push the football down the field, but just the, the shimmer uh, of hope that two would be available for a playoff game is enough for me to pick the dolphins over the over the Seahawks. You know, I admire the quick sidebar. How many wins do the jets have with Gino under center this year? Let me phrase that differently. Are the jets a 10 win team with Gino under center? Because I think it's not really close. Yes. And my answer is yes. And my answer is they, I might like, I would maybe pick them to challenge uh, coming out of the AFC. If that were the case, obviously wild hypotheticals here, but would you guys agree with that? Is that too uh hyperbolic chamber here? They probably win both Patriot games. Yeah. I, I, I definitely won. He get yeah. he certainly gets more out of Garrett Wilson. Who's looked like a star with Mike white. With literally anybody else on his speaking yeah. of, did you guys see the uh, the article about Vaughn Miller and Matt Barkley and and Josh Allen and all that stuff and the recruitment of Vaughn Miller? No. Yeah. So part of it was, so I guess like uh, Matt Barkley was like a middleman. I I don't know when they mo- would have crossed paths, um, but I guess the whole thing was like Josh was convincing Matt Barkley to recruit Vaughn Miller to go to Buffalo. And he's like, fine, but you got to have the team re-sign me to the roster if I do this. And they're like, okay, (laughs) we'll do that. But one of the texts that Josh Allen sent him was just Tua Tungvaloa, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson to Vaughn Miller. And just being like, you're going to play these guys six times this season. Why don't you want to come here? That's a hell of a recruiting That's cold. That's Uh, cold. (laughs) 
right. especially once Josh Allen got done by uh, Jalen Ramsey, right? After his mm. rookie year. You guys remember that? Where Jalen yeah, Ramsey yeah. was calling him trash in GQ and stuff like that? He was bad his rookie year. Hey, whatever whatever gets the job done, man. Credit to Josh Allen. I like it. Um, I, I like that argument that you made, Justice. I thought that was a pretty damn good argument, but the Dolphins move on. All right, you're up next, Justice. Dolphins or Panthers? Which non-playoff team would be more interesting if they got in? I'm going to be honest. I've been sticking very far away from the from the Carolina Panthers on my television screen in recent weeks. I really don't know what's been happening there. Um, I, I saw cut-ups of, of people putting it on Twitter. Uh, Sam Darnold under center. I had forgotten completely that he was their starting quarterback. Oh, uh, he's a tank. Once more. For some reason, I, I, I've just like lost touch with the team probably since P.J. Walker went down. They so, won three out of their last four. Beat the Lions news. last week. That's what I've been hearing. And if someone, <laughs> so if people weren't tweeting about it, I wouldn't have known at all. So I'm going to pick the Miami Dolphins because they still have a Tyreek Hill and a Jalen Waddle more than the Carolina Panthers do. I think it's Carolina, man. Ooh, uh, what? I have been watching them, and they are. <laughs> I don't want to call them good because that might be giving them too much credit, but they How can make you one-dimensional, role? which is a topic that we need to be freaking talking about right now, Husker fans. Um they can make you one-dimensional, so they can essentially suffocate your running game. They have a good front. Brian Burns is an absolute star. J.C. Horn is a star. They have guys on the back end like Jeremy Chin who can do versatile things. So their defense is very good, and I feel like they should get more credit for what they're doing defensively. Quietly, during this stretch, uh, they've been able to throw the ball on teams, man. And that has been a, a pleasant surprise, something that you would not have expected. I'm going to go Panthers here because I think the way that we might talk about some other teams, like the Panthers, the way that they are playing, the way that they would match up against teams and just stylistically, I feel like can give some of these contenders more problems in the playoffs than um, some people might think. So I think they run the ball very well. Oh man, it's still Darnold. So that like, that is still a worry and you never know what he's going to do. He might close his eyes and throw something, uh, throw a pass into triple coverage, but I mean, they have weapons. DJ Moore's fine. Uh, they're, they're getting something from Terrace Marshall, but I, I believe in that defense, man. I think Steve Wilkes has, has that team going in the right direction. And if he's not going to be a head coach next year, and well, like as, as a retread, what the hell are we doing here? I was going to ask, do you think he has a chance to stick there? I mean, I that that's really such an owner-based thing, honestly. The Cardinals like, should I, hire Steve Wilkes. Uh, how dare you speculate on jobs that haven't opened yet kp these (laughs) people have families carolina Carolina dropped 570 yards on the lions last week including 320 on the ground yeah they probably could have rushed for 500 in that game honestly like it was they were doing whatever they wanted to and they were making it look very easy i i legitimately think that they're they could do some damage if they do get obviously they have to make the playoffs, but um, their style of play is how you win in the playoffs is how I'll put it. All right, Steven sir, to help us out once again, dolphins, Panthers. How many this of these is, Panthers games have you seen? Be honest. I've actually seen more than I should have because See? I have Deontay Foreman on a fantasy game. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> He's been oh, an important yeah. part of my lineup since they traded. Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> what? So, I've actually followed the Carolina Panthers pretty close. Um, But it's still the Miami Dolphins for me. No! But this is a lot closer than it should be. And just to highlight the job that Steve Wilkes is doing, because I do think he is doing a good job. The Lions' rush defense had actually been one of the best rush defenses in football since their bye. And they dismantled them. <laughs> like the way everybody beats the Lions is by passing the football. And they were like, nope, we got it. We, it's taken care of. Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman, we're going to run all over you. We're going to spread everything out. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. And they absolutely dismantled the Lions run defense that had been playing really well. So I think that highlights to, you know, breaking down tape and identifying the things where you can find success. And I think that all highlights good coaching. So I do think the Panthers are interesting and I think they're probably the most interesting team in the NFC South because that division's absolutely garbage. 
So it probably would be fun to see them sneak into the playoffs in, in that just awful, awful division. But I can't pick Sam Darnold over Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That, like that's <laughs> that's all that it comes down to for me. We're going hands up, no Google. Can you name the highest ranking offensive coach on the Carolina Panthers right now? No, I have no idea. No. So we'll see. Let's go, KP. Dead silence is bad. I'm trying to think. No, I have nothing. It's Ben um, McAdoo, offensive. Nope. Oh my god! I knew that. Nope. I knew it was McAdoo. That, there that were McAdoo Panthers jokes can't. before the season. I do remember that. <laughs> the Panthers can't win by default. Now that's it. What Sorry. happened to the LSU coordinator? They fired him. No, they I know fired that. Where him is he? Mid-season after the bye, he's yeah, the quarterback's he coach at Buffalo now. Ah. <laughs> yeah, Joe Brady's right. out there. He, he's he's touched by. Uh, Josh Allen. So now he can get another NFL coordinating job. Smart guy. <laughs> that that works. Smart guy. Justice, this is appropriate. So we'll start with you. More interesting non-playoff team: Dolphins or Packers? Well, the Packers just beat them, right? I mean, Tua was probably concussed when he threw three interceptions against them in the fourth quarter, but the Packers just beat them. I don't know. Uh, I might. Oh, wow. I'm actually going to go Miami. Oh. I really am. I think they're the more interesting team. I don't think this Green Bay team is very good. I want this Green Bay team to beat Minnesota to break the Viking fans' hearts. But outside of that, I don't I don't like what fun what narrative are we going to come out like from a Packers loss with? At least Miami it's like Oh, I'll if, come if, up with plenty by the way. Well, <laughs> very clear about that. Uh, from you, I'm sure. Um <laughs> But, like, Miami's more interesting to me because seeing, like, playoff teams try to stop, like, try to stop the, you know, hashtag Tua offense, right? Like, he has a brand. We've seen him drop a couple games early on in this – or late on in the season, like, against San Francisco where they're playing in the middle of the field constantly. Like, I want to see if that's something that's replicable for these playoff teams that aren't used to playing, you know, middle of the field coverage in that way. So, I think it's I think it's Miami, and I think it's because of potentially like the schematic downfall of Tua, and like what is possible in that realm. But I know that makes me sound like a massive hater to pick against my team because of someone else's downfall. <laughs> That's like the definition of being. A hater. I know, but I'm being <laughs> honest. I'm being honest, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. When I'm thinking about Green Bay and just how they play what they would look like against a playoff team. It would be one of the most boring games um, of that weekend, of that wild card weekend. Tua was throwing for like 20 a pass against the Packers in the first half before he got the concussion. The Rams somehow only had like 250 yards against the Packers, but the Packers didn't look good on defense that entire game at the same time. Right. Like, it's They've been winning, but like they haven't been playing well on the defensive side. Like it's going to be, it's going to be that Mike Pettin versus Kyle Shanahan game where like, if someone wants to run all over Green Bay, they can just run all over Green Bay, and there's just nothing that they can do about it. I don't think it's. I don't think they're interesting. Since week ten, the Packers are 27th in schedule adjusted run efficiency on defense. That is going to come back to haunt them if they make the playoffs. A team, probably in the Bay Area, is probably going to set a record for rushing yards in a game against the Packers again in the playoffs. My answer is Miami. For all, for a lot of the reasons that we've we've talked about, I'm just fascinated by what that two minute drill with Tua is going to look like when the Dolphins are inevitably down four points. They need a touchdown, and now you cannot RPO your way down the field. He has to drop back, recognize that there are actually underneath defenders. And I just I don't see it ending well, but I see the storylines being fantastic coming out of that game. I just think the Dolphins are very exciting. I mean, the way that Michael Daniel is calling plays, they have, again, they do have talent on both sides of the ball. So it is, it is easy to pick on, uh, to pick them and lean on them. But still, um, whether it's Dolphins, Chiefs, Dolphins, Chargers, Dolphins, Bengals, like whoever they play in that first round, like that will make for a very exciting game, no matter how you slice it. And it's probably going to come down to Tua. All right, I intentionally left this team last because I think I know the way it's going to go. But every time I say that, I end up wrong. So who the hell knows? KP, we'll start with you. Which current non-playoff team would be the most interesting if they got in? The Dolphins or the Lions of Detroit? 
Oh, wow. The team of the podcast, huh? Man, that was pretty disappointing last week, wasn't it? So the Lions were in a prime spot to take advantage and essentially earn, effectively earn um, a playoff seating, and they just fell flat on their face. Carolina ran through them. I think the question comes down to, am I getting Jared Goff in sub-35 degree weather? Am I going to get him um, Mm -hmm. in Santa Clara? Am I going to get him in Minnesota? Because if he is in a warm weather condition, I'm taking the Lions because I still think that they are very good. Like they're a potent offense. Um, St. Brown has been everything this year. He deserves so much credit for his growth. And obviously having a compliment like Jameson Williams coming along, um, I really like the Lions offensively. They are <laughs> not good on the other side of the wall, but that that's the same for uh, the Dolphins too. Justice, who do you trust? Which defense do you trust more to get a stop? The Dolphins oh, or the Lions? Probably the Dolphins just because the second half has been so much better than their first half. Much. I think the first half of the season, it probably would have been a draw for me. Um I just want to uh, take a step back real quick and remind you guys. Remember when you guys laughed me off for saying the Detroit Lions have a chance at the seventh seed in the preseason? I'm still laughing. They're not over (laughs) 500. They're not over 500. They're better than I don't know. Are are they worse than Arizona? Are they worse than New Orleans? And you guys are like, no way. There's no way Detroit's going to get there. Are they still better than their record? I just want to know. They would have to be, right? Because they're under 500. I think they're probably somewhere around their record now. I think uh-huh. the record has never been more accurate than it is right now. <laughs> so I I think I'm going to go Miami, and I think it's just because the narrative on Goff is so dependent. I mean, we've seen him in weather games since college, and he's struggled in these weather games since college. And we talked about his hand size in the draft cycle, and we've seen him – in both Los Angeles and Detroit when he has to face weather situations, play poorly. And we know that that's going to be a factor in the playoffs. And then the other thing is pressure really impacts him too. And when you're, I mean, KP was just talking about Minnesota and San Francisco, you know, that's the clear weather that you want to be able to have golf playing. Dude, those pass rushes are going to kill him. Danelle Hunter, man. <laughs> they're they're going to yeah. destroy that guy. I mean, Zadarius has been playing pretty well when he's been on the yes, field this year has. too. So like, I don't know. I, I think I think the Lions uh hype train is running on fumes right now. Again, I, I don't think their record has ever been more accurate than it is right now. Um they do have a couple quality pass rushers. Uh what's his name? James Houston, the kid out of uh Jackson State. He's doing pretty well right now, and I don't he think is. he's a national name. Um but I think I'm gonna pick Miami just because the two narrative, like like KP said, right? Like you put two against Cincinnati, against the Chargers, against whoever. It doesn't matter. That narrative is going to be that narrative coming into the game, and you're going to take something out of the game. I feel like we can go into a Lions game with a thought about the team or Jared Goff, and it just like doesn't end up mattering at all in the grand scheme of things. So, uh, KP, did you who did you pick? I'm sorry, I missed it. Oh, I honestly forgot. Um... <laughs> I, don't think you, I don't think you did pick anybody. That's why I'm asking. Hmm. I mean, my natural inclination is just to fade justice here. Do it. Make Steven make Steven make one last pick. Can I can I point this out? Let's say even the Lions they beat Chicago this week. You know where they go the last week of the season? Green Outside Bay. in Green Bay. Ah, just throwing that out. A lot, right? Yeah, I think I I'm, I'm the wheels are spinning right now and I know I just asked about the defense. Now my question is who would you trust more outdoors in a two-minute drill, golf or Tua? Oh and... God! I need see at this point. I need to know the defense. Like, it, it, it do you have a pass rusher? If you have a pass rusher, it's Tua. So the if Vikings have a golf. pass rush, but they give up a ton of plays on the back end. Yeah. So let's say it's. I mean, that's indoors, so like that's not really a fair comparison. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um. It's hard. I, it, we f- might have found the least apples to apples comparison teams in the NFL 
and the Miami Dolphins and the Detroit Lions. I think we did it, Stats. I think we yes. did it. This is what we built the gauntlet for. I'm going I'll, – I'll go Miami just because, I mean, I, it's – the, the storyline of the season has been to a to a non. The most voted player in the Pro Bowl by the fans did not make the Pro Bowl. The <laughs> did you can guys see? Can I, can I just get Huntley? something in here on why? Uh, let's let's hear it, Steve. The Lions. Listen, that loss to Carolina was really disappointing, and as it's too bad uh, they didn't broadcast it on TV. <laughs> As a new Lions fan, I I was really devastated by that loss to the Panthers after they had been absolutely rolling. But if we're talking about a first-round playoff matchup and let's say the Lions sneak in and they've got to go to Minnesota, and uh, I understand they've got those pass rushers, but the Vikings secondary is absolutely terrible. It's going to be indoors inside a dome. Like I'd be really interested in that playoff game. And, and I think the lions could easily upset the Vikings. Like we just saw them do a couple of weeks ago. That's my case for the Lions. That's all I got. Man. Shot that you two picked the lions. Can I be done with the lions? I Miami. All year. I've been I hearing about Miami. the Lions. Everybody acts like the first eight games of the season just happened to them. Like they didn't earn all those losses. Like, man, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Uh, I, I do. It is weird looking at Jared Goff's stats this year. And he's like top five in efficiency. And you're like, I, I know how to beat you. I know like exactly the situations you are going to fall flat on your face in. They've legitimately been one of the best offenses in the NFL over the past yeah. like six or seven weeks. And they have a fatal flaw. And they like... got shut out 29 to nothing by the Patriots with Bailey freaking Zappy as Zap the quarterback. 29 to zip. That has to merge Bailey Zappy, who you know, <laughs> one time took the Green Bay Packers in overtime I'm off the bench. Man. I'm just saying. All right. Well, congratulations, Miami Dolphins. You win. You are the most interesting non-playoff team to get into the playoffs. Steven Serta, thank you very much. KP, Justice, thanks for running through. This was, I think, the most satisfying gauntlet of 2022, and it's our last show of the year. Yeah, see you next year. Thanks, everybody. Rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>